0: Hi, I'm Brian
1: and I'm Michaela and this is Drink the Movies,
0: a podcast where each week we try to recreate a classic movie drink and discuss the movie that inspired it.
1: Thanks for joining us. Now let's drink the movies.
0: Oh, well, hello, and welcome to episode 131 of Drink the Movies. I'm Brian here, as always, with Michaela. And Michaela, if you go back to our childhoods, uh, the year was 1989. Uh, there was an animated film that came out. Uh, it was called The Little Mermaid, and it set off, like, this period of what they call the Disney animation renaissance, where you had all of these just just bangers were coming out, right? You had Little Mermaid. You had uh, Aladdin. You had The Lion King. You had Beauty and the Beast. All of these, like, critically acclaimed, well-beloved films were coming out. Um, and fast forward few years all of these films started getting live action remakes um and they all pretty much have like in that stretch except for one little mermaid until just recently last week little mermaid live action remake came out and we went and saw it we did we
1: certainly did um i'm surprised in a way that we saw it um in a theater that was not completely packed because this uh film has done amazingly well most people have a lot of feelings about live action remakes, right? Um, There's a lot of love and hate around like Lion King and Aladdin um, and choices that they made that are, you know, slightly different than the original cartoon. I think they would probably do that with any remake. Um, But uh, this one is no different. Um, There's been a lot of, uh, I I don't want to say it's controversy, but there's been a lot of feelings about this. And, uh, uh putting most of that to rest the the box office has been going gangbusters over this um so i'm kind of surprised because we were in a medium filled theater but not a completely full th- filled theater but we mm-hmm. did see it in IMAX and that was that i will say that's that's pretty much the only way to see this film the bigger the screen i think the better um because you get a lot of the cool visualizations um like like you would if you were going to watch like avatar way of water because there's all this underwater cool stuff to see all these mm-hmm. colors and stuff. It's really neat.
0: That's right. Yeah, absolutely. We saw it uh, last night in the IMAX theater Um, and are excited to talk about it today. But Michaela, you know, before we talk about any movie, we need to get ourselves a cocktail going first, and that's exactly what we're going to do. So why don't we take a quick break, and we'll be right back to whip up this week's drink. So this week's cocktail is
1: inspired by that sea witch that we love to hate, Uh Ursula. She is nasty. She's a nasty woman. Um, She is really stylish in her purple like makeup with her white hair and green eye shadows. She looks like a really beautiful drag queen. I love it so much. Um, We found a really wonderful cocktail. It's called the poor unfortunate soul and it's Mm, complete mm -hmm, with mm -hmm. this beautiful purple color changing potion um, that we were, we had to make ourselves. Um, There you go.
0: Yeah, Ursula would have been uh, very proud here of the uh, the color scheme of this. They would have been uh, Ursula would have been very proud of the glasses that you found. Uh, we saw these glasses online somewhere for a different uh, Little Mermaid drink, uh, so we didn't do that one. But we thought that the glasses were pretty awesome. So you track those down. Uh, take a look at our social medias to see uh, pictures of those. They're very uh, kind of Ursula esque with these weird uh, stringy leg kind of things coming off of them, like this yeah. martini glass.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. And it was the first time I ever made a bitters. Um, Mm. which turns out is really easy, um, depending on who you ask on the internet. Um, and so we can thank, we can thank Wikipedia for that. This cocktail is actually surprisingly simple, um, except for the bitters. Um, you can probably find these, it's a butterfly pea bitters, which, uh, is the thing that gives it this beautiful, like purpley, if you put a lot in, I imagine it'll turn like a dark blue hue. Um, Mm -hmm. but it gives it this really beautiful shimmer right on its own. But it also adds a very interesting flavor profile because of the bitters. But yeah, let's go through these ingredients and talk about it. So into a shaker tin, you're going to pour two ounces of white rum. Now, the original recipe called for Appleton Estate Rum, it's got a very interesting flavor profile. I think any white rum will do. Um, We were not able to find the Appleton Estate white And so um, if you get one that is Jamaican, I think that that is a a good place to start. So that's what I did. You're going to want to add one ounce of lemon juice. Um, Because there are only a couple ingredients to this drink, it's really important that you get fresh lemon juice, okay? Do not be like I used to be. I've seen the light since. Uh, Fake lemon juice is just acerbic acid or whatever it's called. It's it's not real, and it will not taste nearly as good. Um, So get the real stuff. Squeeze it out. Get a juicer. Amazon. There you go. Um, so you've got your two ounces of your white rum, your one ounce of your fresh squeezed lemon juice. And then you're going to add uh, about a quarter of an ounce of simple syrup. Now, this is where it gets dicey because it's um, it, it it you're going to maybe change that up depending on how sweet you like it. But we found that to be about the right um, mm-hmm. consistency and sweetness for us because we didn't yeah. want it too sweet. It will um, depend
0: on it will depend on what rum you use. Some rums are uh, much sweeter than others. So,
1: yeah, if you're using like Malibu coconut rum, that's a different drink entirely. But, <laughs> um, but if you're using Malibu, I imagine it's probably going to be sweeter. I definitely felt like mine was very tart, um, with only a quarter of an ounce. So, if you like it on the sweeter side, uh, shake it up first, test it first, and then add uh, and and remake because you don't want it to be too sweet because then it'll turn syrupy and gross. Now to this. Shakerton, you're going to add four to five dashes of this butterfly pea bitters. Now, I'd never made this before. We couldn't find it. So I had to make it. I went to the internet. And what I did was I basically made a tincture with Everclear. To make bitters, you put a bittering agent in with whatever flavor profile you want uh, into like a glass, non reactive container. And then you put it in uh, a fridge and you leave it there for like weeks and weeks and weeks at a time. And eventually you get this bitter tasting concoction that has this profile that you want. So mm. that's what I did. I found a butterfly pea powder. Um, on the internet. I found it on Amazon. And I took quite a bit of that, probably like a tablespoon. It it seems like not a lot, but that's plenty. I probably only needed half of a teaspoon. But I put that in about a eight ounce jar of Everclear. And I put it in my fridge for two weeks, about 10 days. And every day I would shake it to make sure that it infused um, all of that butterfly pea essence into the Everclear itself. And so um, if you don't have the kind of top to do a shake or to make dashes of bitters as you would normally if you had like a bottle that you would buy at a store, then a couple of drops is all you need. So you can do that with a spoon if you have a dropper or a straw. Um, But four or five dashes is enough to give it this really beautiful purple tint. If you like it extra bitter or you want it extra purple do more dashes. Um, but just know that you're adding bitterness into the drink and it's already pretty sour, um, because Mm -hmm. of the lemon juice. So, or pretty tart rather. It's not, it doesn't taste bad. It's just tart. Um, so just know that going in, if you're going to put a lot of that in, you're definitely going to want to add more simple syrup.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, uh, this is a a pretty simple cocktail. And you know, if you take the butterfly pea bitters uh, out of the equation it's just rum lemon juice and some simple syrup so stuff you probably have on hand all the time which is something that i actually like about this cocktail is that you could uh, throw it together pretty easily um you gave me uh, one of these uh, last night uh at the Theater, Michaela you brought one with you so i could have it cuz we didn't get a chance to make these uh, together this week so thank you uh for doing that so um i will say it's it's this very beautiful um kind of kind of shimmery um kind of translucent purple color it's really lovely it looks like something that uh, ursula would be whipping up down under the sea uh, but i will say the flavor of this i thought was a little one note there I, the white rum i don't think has enough going on with it for my taste buds to kind of cut through that lemon juice. So I think if I was going to do this again, I would maybe try it with like an aged rum just to give it a little bit more uh, flavor and uh, you know body a little bit more uh, character to the drink. And I still think that the the butterfly pea bitters would still do a good job of getting that purple kind of essence across and that little, you know, kind of like floral bitter hit that you get from it. So um, I don't know. I thought that this was uh, pretty good. But what did you think about this, uh, Michaela?
1: I liked it a lot. I thought that It was a little tart because I wanted it to be real purple. I didn't know how many dashes to really put in four or five seemed, uh, too much or too little. And so the first time I made this, I put in way too much and it was like, um, it was very purple and it was beautiful, but it was very tart. So I had to add uh, a little bit of simple syrup to it a little bit more. Um, I liked this. I agree with pretty much everything you said. I love that it's simple. Um, the glass really made it kind of look like it was floating, and that's kind mm-hmm. of cool, you know. Um, I think this would be interesting. With I, I'd like to do a flight of these with different rums because I mm. don't know I don't know enough about kind of the different flavor profiles of rums. I feel like that is a gap in my uh, mixology knowledge, and so I really liked this. It, it it definitely didn't taste like rum to me, almost though. Um, it tasted mm-hmm. like, um, almost kind of a margarita at first. Um, okay. and then it kind of rounded out, uh, towards by the end of the drink, it, 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 it kind of rounded it out for me. And I, it felt much more balanced. I don't know. Um, I liked it. I liked it. I think the, I definitely need to take it back a notch, maybe with the with the bitters (laughs) because it made it real pretty, but it did make it very bitter.
0: Yeah, so there you go. So that is the poor unfortunate soul. It is a it's a, a simple one to make and it's worth uh, I think playing around. I think it gives us some ideas so on uh things we can uh you know try to uh try to tweak on this one a little bit to really kind of dial it in, but it's a good place to start for sure and it is definitely pretty. So uh let us know if you make one of these poor unfortunate soul cocktails out there and send us pictures because we want to see uh what you're getting up to out there, but for now, Michaela, we need to mix up another one of these because it is time uh to talk about the little mermaid live action remake. We've been waiting for it for a couple of years. Uh, Got postponed, and uh now it's out into the world. And we went and saw it. So let's talk about it. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back to chat about this week's film, Little Mermaid.
1: Ah, this is where I give the spoiler warning for Little Mermaid that is exactly like the original Little Mermaid. So if you've not seen either of them, and you're scared that we're gonna spoil it, you should <laughs> I'm press scared. pause now. I'm scared right now. <laughs> Uh, but in all seriousness, if uh, if you're worried that we're going to spoil the Little Mermaid, I'm sorry. Uh, the the ending's still the same as the 1989 original. So, um, yeah, if you've not seen either of them and you don't want us to spoil it, press pause. Go make yourself a cocktail. Go sit through either the hour and 20 minute version in 1989 Mm. or the two hour and 15 minute version uh, that came out last weekend. Um, Both are worthy of your time, Uh, but then you can come back and listen to us chat about all things Ariel, Flounder, Sebastian, Triton, Ursula, Eric,
0: all things all those things. Absolutely. So, uh, like I said, Michaela, this was just released, uh, 2023 is directed by Rob Marshall, who has an Oscar, uh, nomination under his belt for Chicago, another film that we've covered here on the, uh, on the podcast, uh, directed by him, and it stars Hallie Bailey as our discontented Ariel, Javier Bardem as her father and ruler of the sea, King Triton, Melissa McCarthy as her witchy Aunt Ursula, and Jonah Howard King as her beloved Prince Eric. Uh, plus we've got the voice talents, uh, the the amazing voice talents, the, the the voice talent here was so great uh david diggs uh jacob tremblay and aquafina as our uh our helpers here sebastian flounder and scuttle uh everyone's favorite bird in the land so like i said Michaela, this was based off of uh you know Pretty pretty heavily off of that uh, animated classic from 1989, Disney Animation Studios. But uh, that comes to us uh, from from even a a long time before that, from the land of uh, Denmark. Uh, Hans Christian Andersen uh, wrote the original Little Mermaid uh, fairy tale in 1837. And if you go to Copenhagen, you can see there's a statue of the Little Mermaid there on the harbor. It's very nice if you ever uh, make your way to that part of the world. It's definitely worth uh, checking out on your harbor tour there. So. uh, one other thing I wanted to make note of here, Michaela, before we get into the movie, is there was also a musical, a uh, Broadway musical, uh, Little Mermaid, that came out in uh 2008, I believe. So I'm uh, going to see a little bit of ties to that as well, um, although a little bit more indirectly. So uh, Little Mermaid, this came out in 1989. We were just wee, we little ones back then, if we can remember that long ago. But I remember the Little Mermaid as being a pretty big deal to, you know, to the kids and the adults, uh you know, around. It was, it was a good time. Good time to be alive.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I it's interesting. I was exactly the same age as my son is now when this film came out. And I remember seeing it in the theater for the first time. Um, yeah, it was definitely uh, all little girls wanted to be Ariel. I felt like every little girl I was a friend with uh, had their own version of the uh, thing going on. Everybody Ooh. on the playground, we just, it was a chorus of aerials <laughs> all over the jungle gym. Uh, for like uh, eighteen months or something until until Aladdin came out, I feel.
0: That's yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, that's right. It was in the uh, it was in that prime uh, Disney animation uh, time right there, and you know, it was, it was a really good time to be growing up uh, with animated films. And now, I guess a new generation is getting to um, experience these in live action form, and that is exactly what we're uh, talking about today. So. Uh, you know, you basically know the the moral of the story here. The Little Mermaid, you know, you've got Ariel, uh, Little Mermaid. She goes, she wants to um, explore, get out on her own. She wants to see what this other world is all about. Her dad uh, says no, but her aunt says yes, makes her a deal to go to the surface, uh, live her life up there. But she's got to give up. You know, the things that make her, uh, you know, unique and uh, pretty great. You know, she has got to give up her voice. Um, that's going to be pretty tricky in order to find true love. She gets three days to do it. Uh, if she can do it, it's great. If she can't do it, she's going to be uh, Ursula's forever. Um, we're going to have to find out how that goes. So basically, Michaela, this story is broken out into three parts. And we get our first part, um, which I'm calling the under the sea section. Uh, but that's not actually where it starts. It starts coming in. You got some... Some guys there on a ship doing some, doing some sailing, doing some exploring. Uh, I think they're seeing some mermaids, just a dolphin, spoiler warning. Uh, but maybe below the surface, there is something more afoot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love uh, this beginning scene um, is very different than the original. Um, it's, it, it gives a lot more character. This whole film gives a lot more characterization to Prince Eric, which I really like, Um I'm, I'm glad they did something
0: with the extra 50 minutes. <laughs>
1: yeah, they had to do. They had to do something, and they added they added some uh, backstory, which is great because love is wonderful, but love with a reason behind it, and a little bit of substance is also wonderful. Um, and so Prince Eric, he's he's on this ship. Um, they have just come in from exploring. He's a big explorer. Eric is in this in this version. He wants to go and uh, trade with other countries and all of this stuff. And he uh, when trembly. I think is his name uh his is kind of it kind of reminds me of the Alfred character in Batman but he he's kind of mm. his war Grimsby, kind of Grimsby. Grimsby Grimsby sorry um Grimsby he is uh telling him he needs to you know maybe not jump out in the middle of the ocean and go fix pillars that are breaking on the ship because he could fall in the ocean and die. It's um, really good safety moment there. But Eric is like, no, nah, man, I'm good. Um, but they drop a couple of things, um, like a
0: yeah he's got his his uh telescope there is uh yeah is it I a telescope know. yeah it, 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 yeah uh, it's some sort some sort of scope it's it's one of those old-timey uh pirate right. contraptions that they exactly. use to look to look for land yeah and that drops that drops down and that's uh, basically we're going to follow that down into the depths of the ocean uh to meet up with our uh our our main character uh yeah. here ariel and it's it's really kind of neat i think as it kind of you know pans down through the water um you know following this this looking glass is that what it's called i don't know um but uh you know falling down into the depths there
1: yeah and i i really like the way that this um this scene opens up um one of the things that i was uh pretty sure i I was very surprised that they were going to do a live action version of this film just because i thought it would be really hard to do well um because there are people underwater and so I don't, you know, I don't have to tell you if you've ever been underwater, your hair looks different and it's really easy to animate that. Uh, it, it's not so easy to do like a live action version of that without it looking like this sci fi derivative CGI disaster. Um, and to be honest, that's kind of what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, a lot of the um Live action films that have had a lot of animals that talk. Um, I'm looking at you, Lion King. Um, those didn't go as well uh, from a like special effects perspective because it just looked a little bit animatronic and just didn't it didn't sit as well with the audience as the originals. Um, and so I was a little worried about how they were going to do that, but I was actually really surprised, pleasantly surprised at how they have the water effects and the underwater effects um with the mer people as well as all of the animals that we meet um mm-hmm. i thought that they did a pretty good job with that and um yeah and this this opening scene where they're sweeping it's these all these kind of sweeping views you're you feel like you're swimming along yourself which is pretty cool um and you get to see all of these things for the very first time and really open it up um with the score behind it, it it's it's pretty cool and it's very reminiscent to how you felt as a child. We're we're having we're doing a lot of these reminiscence kind of nostalgic yeah. films, right? It was very nostalgic. Uh, I was right back in 1989 watching it in the theater for the first time. It was really good. Yeah. Cool.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There are a bunch of really um, nice sweeping vistas. And let's talk about, um, you know, kind of this kind of this underwater section here. Um, as I mentioned, you know, Ariel is there. She's, you know, finding these little trinkets that are falling off of the boats. And, you know, she's kind of having this uh, letting her imagination run wild with what, what all of these things are. Right. You know, it's it's very it's very unknown and mysterious uh, to Ariel. And we see her there kind of, you know, skirting her her uh, father's. Uh, Council, I guess, on what do they call it? The coral moon. I guess that all of her, all of the daughters, you know, come back and I guess they have kind of this, this council thing to report back in on how things are going around the ocean, I guess, uh, more or less. But, you know, Ariel is there running around, you know, daydreaming, thinking about uh, what the people are up to. But uh, yeah, let's talk about kind of, kind of the way that this looks under, under the sea here, as it were. So, you know, you mentioned you're kind of going through or seeing different corals and different fish. And I really liked the way that this looked. It didn't look um like hyper realistic i thought it still had kind of this like like animated like kind of kind of flavor and fun to it where you could tell that it wasn't like you know they weren't trying to make it like look you know hyper hyper specific to what real life looks like but it looked enough like that and it was vibrant and and colorful um and then yeah the way that the 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 mer people looked you know especially you know ariel and uh king triton played by uh Javier bardem the way that they're they're getting their hair to move um i i i think was probably you know kind of part of it was recorded i think and then part of it was you know kind of you know computer animated to kind of fill in the rest i know uh, holly bailey had said uh, in an interview that she was in basically like a dunk tank for like up to like 13 hours a day like filming the stuff so i guess they were probably capturing that and then you know kind of reusing that throughout the film for uh different parts you know for the way that yeah. you know her, her hair was flowing and you know the way she was kind of reacting to to being in the water so i thought that the the you know, the, the mer people, you know, the the human actors I thought looked really good. But then I actually thought that the um you know the the characters, the animals here in the story were really well done too, because, you know, not like in the animated film where kind of all of the all of the fish and crustaceans and things were, were kind of more cartoony cartoony and more um you know, animate uh, objects or not, not the, you know, Fisher and animate objects, you know, but they all had kind of had their own personality. These were more like, these were just fish. And then these three characters were, you know, kind of their, kind of their own thing.
1: Yeah. You know, and I, I love Scuttle. Um, Scuttle is played by the amazing Awkwafina. um uh, She really stood out to me. Um, I mean, Flounder is like my favorite of all time, probably, but but scuttle's great. Um, they add a little bit of dimension to scuttle scuttle's you know kind of this forgetful kind of uh, uh, in- able to communicate inarticulate. is that the right word um mm-hmm, when we're mm-hmm. talking about a seagull, I don't know how articulate you need to be to be excited. Um, but he she she is a um she has like a whole wrap that they added. Um, and I have no idea if this, if the rap was added for this film or if it was added in the Broadway show, um, that's kind of fun. That's kind of a fun part. Um, it's a little over the top, but I kind of liked it. I I don't know. I, I, I thought it, I thought it was great and, um, definitely keeps the humor alive. Um, when we're having the kiss the girl moment, right. Where she, she's trying to sing and it's awful because she can't carry a tune in a bucket if she Mm -hmm. needs to, um, and i i really liked the the detailing around um the her eyes and like the feathers I, I thought that that was really uh special um to me i i don't know i was really impressed with the bird yeah <laughs> with the bird character and the way that they animated that i i just thought it looked awesome
0: yeah uh yeah scuttle looked incredible so in in the animated film uh scuttle is uh uh, seagull um, so we actually don't get a ton of uh interaction uh with scuttle and the in the animated film so i think that it was really neat uh, according to uh, this uh, scuttle is a northern gannet which is a, a diving type of a bird so i think that that you know kind of opened the door to have more interactions with scuttle uh, throughout and scuttle looked uh, really fantastic um i thought um you know sebastian the crab i thought also looked really good um flounder i thought was really neat and there's actually uh, kind of really neat stuff you know as they're coming to the surface and there's even a point where uh, you know flounder gets you know pulled up in like this fishing net um and how like the the color change and how he kind of grays out when he goes um above the water which is something the tropical fish do when they're out of the water and i thought that that was that was really really neat and you know kind of a nice little attention to detail i love kind of the character design of flounder you know he's a little more more thin a little more fish mm-hmm. looking than you know kind of that rounded uh flounder not a flounder uh fish uh but then it, but he has the name uh flounder there um and i thought that i thought that that was really great and i thought that the voice actors um particularly uh david diggs who plays sebastian who's you know kind of everyone's uh favorite little curmudgeonly uh crab who's really just in it for love he just he just wants to see some love going off played by david diggs and if you don't know who that is you've probably listened to the hamilton soundtrack and uh therefore you can uh you know figure figure that out uh there but i thought that, that he was excellent and i i really liked kind of the kind of the creatures here uh that they they brought to life in this you know quote-unquote life in this uh live action uh, telling of little mermaid um and you get the you get the big musical numbers under there right you know you get a uh, uh, part of your world um by ariel you get the under the sea uh you know musical number by sebastian um uh, both pretty fun what did you think about the uh the music sections here these are these are the these are the two big hits of the yeah. soundtrack i think for sure
1: yeah I, mm, so i was less impressed with part of your world and i i'm not really sure why i i like i don't know it.
0: Why, i don't know why either <laughs> Holly Bailey's voice is incredible. Oh, no, uh,
1: absolutely. Her voice is amazing. I I don't know. Um, Some of the... Here's what I think I didn't enjoy as much. is it, There were parts of that that I felt were literal, like, take-for-take take exact replicas of the original. And I thought we had a really good opportunity to kind of give our own spin to this. And some of that um that rendition was literally take for take exactly the same as the original
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um just from the framing of the shot and things like that um it was very good i will say i was blown away by the under the sea number i was blown away i'm gonna Mm -hmm. say it again i was blown away i thought (laughs) that was amazing um it, it it sounded brighter it sounded a little bit different um in the the instrumentation, it wasn't. Um, it was it was its own. I feel like they took it and and ran with it and did their own thing. The shots mm-hmm. were completely different. Um, the way they had people, uh, the the different creatures dancing around, there were different creatures than in the original. I just loved that. I mm-hmm. I thought that they. Um, it was kind of like the way people feel about covers, right? If you're gonna do a cover, you have two choices. You can do exactly what they did, just uh, sing it yourself or, you know, what the original artist did, or you can put your own spin on it completely and still keep the heart of it. And I feel that that's what they did with Under the Sea. And I loved it. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I think I think all of the musical numbers are amazing in your face. People that were being haters about this film. um, (laughs) It's awesome. But I think that um, for me, my favorite was definitely the Under the Sea one.
0: The under the sea yeah it is it is really neat and it's it's less um it's less cartoony obviously but it's still you know bright and vibrant and this big choreographed piece of all the, you know the different creatures uh they're literally you know you know under the sea so uh so that stuff was pretty great um i i really like that and part of the reason maybe that it, it sounds better is because you know uh the 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 power of, of the speakers in our IMAX theaters, you know, probably can only come close to the sound of the speakers, you know, in 1989 when we were seeing that at the, the Little Tiny yeah. Mall Theater or wherever we were seeing it. Um. So, so I guess that also has has that going for it. But yeah, I, I thought that the musical numbers here uh, sounded really great and that propels us kind of into the third uh, musical number that is going to send us on our way out from under the sea. So we're about to go meet uh, Aunt Ursula. You know, she is there. She knows that Ariel is on board with the humans. She knows she wants to figure out who they are because uh she she went up and saved prince eric much to the chagrin of her uh father you know sebastian saw her there she pulls him out of the drink as their ship goes down in some sort of uh crazy storm that's come in they're out celebrating his birthday uh which is nice but but rescues him uh sees him and says uh this guy looks pretty good maybe i'll give up my whole life and special abilities to go be with him for for a little while um no, it's 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 not all it's not all that and i, th- I we'll talk about that a little bit later but you know she she's very infatuated uh with this other with this other world it's it's very forbidden to her it's very mysterious um it's very interesting and Ursula sees that decides she can prey on it to get back at her uh big brother uh king triton and uh you know, try to, try to make Ariel, uh, her own to get one up on him. So she offers Ariel, you know, the choice. You can, you can go up. I'll give you, I'll give you some legs, uh, in exchange for your voice. You go up, you get a kiss in three days. Boom. You're human happily ever after. So Ariel takes that deal, but not without a little bit of persuasion and form of song. Maybe, maybe, maybe my favorite song. It's a lot of people's favorite song. People, people really like Ursula, Ursula, the sea witch.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's the, she's the baddie. We love to hate. Um, she she does a pretty good job, Melissa McCarthy. I'm a huge fan of her. Um, it just pretty much everything about her. I think her co- comedic timing is really strong, um, and she looks great. Um, uh, haters are gonna hate on her makeup. I I, I don't know. I, I, there was this big thing a couple weeks ago about about the makeup. I thought she looked great. Um, I thought, I she thought looked great. I thought she looked great. I, I, she sounded great.
0: I thought that her acting uh, throughout the film was was really well done.
1: Yeah, uh, and again, I think. Really, it comes down to, look, if you are not willing to be open minded enough for some of the change that's going to inevitably occur when we make a live action film, then don't, you know don't go to the theater there's plenty of people that are open-minded enough to to some of these differences she's not she's not the original ursula she's a little different because she's a different human um and that and that's all i'm gonna say about that um but i really loved this because they did keep some of like the tenets that made her just particularly nasty um Mm -hmm you know her using lipstick in the ocean <laughs> i thought that was great um and the way that they show her like eating shrimp like alive uh real gross but really good um just she's just totally nasty <laughs> and <laughs> and her voice oozes the way it should the way that you'd want it to um i i really like this that they um uh, they they make this deal, and one of the things that I thought that they did that was a nice change was they don't have Ariel sign a contract because if she could write, then she, it's okay that she didn't speak. And I didn't <laughs> see that as a plot hole until last night when we watched the <laughs> new film. Um, until right now. <laughs> until right now, but she, they don't have her sign anything. They they just say he's like, "Hey, are we good? Okay, let's do it." And um, and lots of budget scale. She, rips she does off take scale. off a scale and it's still bleeding like three days later. That's nasty. Um, yeah. yeah. So she, the, it, the, the concoctions, I love the, the ladder full and the, the different um, the pantries that she's got these sea pantries full of things. And she goes a little Michaela. I have to say, I saw myself in Ursula when she's looking for stuff, but here it is. Oh, good. Okay. It's <laughs> totally me. Um, I, I just, and Melissa McCarthy, you're amazing. She can do no wrong to me. I don't know. I just yeah. I loved I loved that whole part.
0: Yeah, she was she was excellent. I thought I thought she, you know, acted the part really, uh, really well. It was it was kind of interesting because basically what you're seeing of Melissa McCarthy is just kind of kind of her head and everything else is just kind of kind of digitized. But I really liked the way that they um, you know, kind of did her like her creature design right the way that they did like the tentacles and the way she was like walking around it, it looked very uh you know kind of kind of realistically octopus like as you know as much as that's going to you know even though they're it's like black and uh purple and kind of lighting up and you know yeah. ch- changing shapes and stuff like that i thought i thought that the, her uh kind of design looked really good and uh yeah moral of the story here is that uh ariel signs away uh her uh her mermaidness for uh, human-ness, uh, so she gets her legs. She ascends to the surface. I really like this. You know, like she kind of immediately loses her abilities and uh, is basically going to drown unless she swims like ten thousand miles up. So it's a good thing she uh, knew how to swim with those new legs, even though she's a little little weak on them uh, when it comes time to walk. But she gets up to the surface, and I really, um, as she she gets up and she surfaces, and one of the one of the really cool things I liked about this is every time there was a transition from. Uh, kind of the underwater section to you know the the surface section it looked amazing and there were there were a couple like key times when that transition happened you know when the spyglass happened or when she came up during you know eric's uh birthday or whatever and there were the fireworks going off that that first time that she kind of surfaces looks amazing and then uh same with this she kind of comes up you know and uh whips her hair back and you have sebastian and flounder are there kind of you know escorting her to the surface making sure she she makes it up there and eventually you know kind of gets caught up in this uh fishnet and taken into the palace that's pretty good michaela you know you just you just wind up in a fishnet and you get to go just live at the palace now that's that's pretty good deal that's pretty good deal
1: Yeah, that's, that's, that's not a bad way to go, I guess. I mean, there were a couple of things that I really liked about when we get to the surface that happened that were different, um, than the original, uh, number one, we really get to see a little bit more of the character development of both Ariel and Eric, um, both separate and apart. I thought that was really a good choice because, you know, I loved the original, but you're not wrong when you were kind of flippantly saying, you know, this girl, she falls in love with this dude. She gives up everything and she's not met him. She has no idea who he is. She like knows him for 37 seconds, singing a song while he's um, trying to recover from drowning and you're not wrong. Um, but I do like the choices that they made in this film to really take the extra fifty minutes that this film was um, and put in some actual, you know, dialogue between the two characters. Get having them learn to uh, a little bit more about each other's hopes and dreams, uh, and do it in a way where Ariel isn't able to speak. Um, so I thought that that was neat. There's this whole scene; it's probably one of my favorite scenes of the whole film, to be honest, um, where they are in this room um, looking at maps and Eric is showing her all these cool places and places he would like to go. And she's really excited. Uh, You can tell, and you see their chemistry together. And it's, it's so much more than this boy meets girl kind of meet cute that we got in the first film. And I thought that that was really important because a big piece to this, a big additional message that this movie gives is that, uh, you know, just because humans do bad things, it doesn't mean Eric is a bad person. And -hmm. the same thing with the mer people, right? So they say, well, the mermaids take down all these ships. Well, just because that might be true, that doesn't mean that all people are the same or all more people are the same. And I really liked that, that we got to see the things that Ariel falls in love with Eric. um, All the things that make him lovable are his kindness and his, wanting to go and make his country better and trade and learn more about other cultures and go go to these unexplored places and it's not just this oh he's eric and he's a prince and i have to fall in love with him
0: yeah that's right yeah it's uh it's it's definitely kind of kind of drawn out more and it, ma- it makes more sense i think this the storytelling aspects of it here in the in the uh, live action version um yeah you get you get some some really nice um you know kind of kind of courting love uh story here um in the section you mentioned they're you know kind of in in eric's study there looking at all the stuff and you know she knows things about things that he's found um which is really kind of neat you know as she's in you know awe of all of the things from you know everything that's you know above the water he is equally as in awe of everything that's that's below the water right things he doesn't know about and stuff like that and you see uh, that kind of interaction which I thought was was pretty great and then you know the next day they're off they're out on uh some some sort of like carriage dates she she takes the reins of this thing almost kills about a thousand people but uh you know Prince Eric doesn't doesn't seem to be too bothered uh luckily for Prince Eric the people of his uh realm seem to seem to be pretty keen on him uh they kind of replace like that uh that dinner scene there where Sebastian's running around in the kitchen with kind of section where they're in like this little village and they go and they're meeting some of the locals um i was actually i was i was kind of curious about that i wasn't sure how i felt about that because that's that's so beloved uh kind of section of the film i think especially for kids because it's so fun where you know sebastian's kind of running around in this kitchen almost getting caught but um but i'd actually seen where um rob marshall actually kind of addressed that and he felt that kind of that kitchen scene was a little bit too almost you know kind of like this cartoon like sketch sort of thing that might not have fit in necessarily with with the film and kind of the more i think about it the more i agree with that and i think that it's neat um on one hand for ariel to get just kind of you know thrown in to this uh you know big kind of celebration in this in this market and just you know you know instantly like a sensory overload for all of these things that uh you know human people um are able to do things that she's been you know seeing you know from below the surface things that have fallen off of boats and stuff like that kind of kind of getting thrown into that and i like that and then obviously you get you get the very very romantic boat ride uh the plot hole right there there's no way eric wouldn't have kissed ariel on that boat uh like right away uh come on dude what are you what are you doing uh but they're on yeah. the boats you got the you got the kiss the girl which i thought was a really fun uh rendition i, I really like this section here and I, I i like that they um found ways to kind of keep bringing flounder back so all three of the the creatures were uh you know in the story
1: yeah yeah i don't know i think i i i saw that that um rob marshall talks about uh the le poisson song not being needed i don't know i i think in all in all honesty i have no idea how they would have filmed it um without it looking really hokey um because of all the stuff that's supposed to be happening while he's singing le poisson um but I loved that part so much in the original. And so I, I, I don't know. And I, 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 I yeah, yeah, I'm going to miss, I am I miss, I miss that, but I understand why they did it. And I do think you're right. I mean, I really love the scene where they're in, um, they're in the village and she's getting a flower and she doesn't know what to do with the flower. So she eats the flower. I thought that was great. Um, we actually see Jody Benson. She's one of the people who is uh, giving her like food and showing her how to eat with a fork. Um, I, I believe that's her. And Jodie Benson was the original voice of the original Ariel in 1989. So that's kind of cool. Um, uh, so if people are like, what would they think? Well, they loved it and they were in the film. So again, yeah. Um, yeah. Toss-off, yeah. man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But, uh, you know, after after the date, date seems to go pretty good. They get back to the palace. Um, I, I really like the the character of uh, Grimsby in this. He's um, played by Art Malik. I think that, that he's awesome. He's definitely kind of an, an ally here for, for Eric and wants to see Eric happy and and can see the things that Eric should be seeing. He should be like, you know, Air, this uh, Ariel girl just showed up. She seems pretty good. So maybe you should uh, go lock that out. Quit messing around because if you mess around too long, uh, you know, Ursula is going to catch wind of this, you know, cause she's a, she's a crafty sea witch. So she sees that this kiss is about to happen. So she's got to, she's got to send in her little eels. Uh, what are the eels names? Uh, flotsam and Jetsam lots of maybe they, they, they go they go turn over the boats but you know ursula is is a witch with a trick up her sleeve she's got ariel's voice that seems pretty handy if you could you know just enchant people uh willy-nilly so she's going to transform herself into uh you know a more suitable uh potential love interest for eric i guess she's going to go to shore she's going to woo him with the uh siren song of uh, ariel's voice and uh next morning ariel wakes up to the news that prince eric is about ready to profess his love uh going to get one of these Weddings going on. I really like, um, Scuttle's like, and they're going to throw rice to all the seagulls trying to kill him, which I thought was, uh, was, was pretty funny. That's great. Um, yeah. and, uh, uh, yeah. So she goes and she sees, uh, unfortunately, uh, the, the woman, the woman to be the bride to be is not going to be Ariel. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be new, new, uh, human, human Ursula.
1: Human Ursula. Her, uh, her name is Vanessa. Uh, she's played by the very striking Jessica Alexander. Um, uh, I loved this bit uh, of uh, kind of changing to the plot because uh, even Grimsby is looking at Eric like, Eric, what are you doing? <laughs> what is going on? And he and even Eric is like, I don't really know what I'm doing. <laughs> I thought that was great because in the original, he's just like, I don't know. I'm in love with the voice. This is who I have to marry. And um, you don't have to get married. Uh, I also love that that they made that change because um, mm. you don't have to get married in like twelve hours. You can just announce that you're going to get married. Um, maybe wait a minute. You know, kids, right. uh, um, children are going to watch this and they're going to be like, "I have to marry the first person I like." I don't know. Um, I do like I do like that they made some of those changes. And Eric is like, "I don't know. I don't understand this myself." But every time she speaks, I'm immediately enchanted, and I love that. I love that at the end of the day, you're not mad at Eric because he's mm-hmm. been enchanted mm-hmm. but he also doesn't understand what's happening because he's like I can't find Ariel he even looks for her and she's so upset she goes and uh and leaves the castle and goes and cries kind of to her friends uh on the beach and I love that piece where he is uh still a human who who has thoughts and feelings and he didn't forget about her it's it's uh I think a much more like realistic. <laughs> i'm saying this i can't believe it it's a realistic take on this fairy that's tale right
0: that's right yeah it is it's it's a little bit more it is, it is more realistic it's a little bit more palatable right if you if you look at the animated For uh sure. version of little mermaid you know as as beloved as it is there's 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 a lot that you're having to fill in with your own head to make to make this uh make sense so this this makes much more sense in terms of you know storytelling of the story i i think and i i do really like that section i really like also then you know scuttle tells ursula that um or sc- Scuttle tells Ariel that Ursula is the, is the one she's back. She's this, uh, this crafty new uh, Vanessa and uh, Ariel just like swims across the bay and like runs up and just like clocks her, uh, which is pretty great and steals her voice back, uh, which is pretty neat. Then, and, and then she, you know, she gets her, gets her voice, which is a little bit different too, but you know, Ursula does not take too kindly to this. She goes full on uh sea witch here to this party. She transforms back into the Melissa McCarthy version of Ursula. Uh, I really, she like is like knocking people down and like walking off. It, it looks really, really, really cool as she grabs uh, ariel then as ariel is transformed back into a mermaid everyone is like a gasp at what is going on and then they like dive off of this uh this castle wall like down into the ocean it it looks really neat and then uh ursula you know is going to have have a little showdown king triton shows up um and says hey uh don't take my daughter and ursula says your daughter uh gave me your scale uh so she's mine now uh but I'll, I'll trade you one for one um i'll just have you." Uh, eviscerate you i guess is what what she's going to do uh that seems that seems pretty bad and then uh you know ariel is is not one to stand for this
1: um yeah no no i i loved they made the decision probably because it would have been too scary um that you know there's there's that graveyard in the original that she walks through and it's like all these like living worm things that Mm -hmm. were mer people that she turns in and and instead she just walks over you know uh skeletons or swims over skeletons um that's that's scary too so i i don't know um i do like this part because again um she tries to you know she picks up the triton and she's like ah i'm gonna kill everybody and i'm gonna do all these things. And she ends up killing her own babies, flotsam and jetsam. And that's when she goes full on mama bear, but it's mm, really mama mm-hmm, octopus. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great. Um, and again, they did a couple of things that I think they could have done a little differently. Cause it's almost shot for shot. Exactly the same as the original um, where Eric and Ariel are in the water and they're together. Um, but they end up being on her head as she Mm -hmm. becomes this monster thing now she's very scary in the original she's even more scary in this one she looks almost like a zombie she's got these weird gills on her cheeks i don't know why she had to have gills on her cheeks um that was weird Um,
0: her her face is all like (laughs) I don't grayed know, like, out, uh, like, like grayed out, and and weird looking. It is really cool though. She kind of stirs up the ocean, and um, we see all of like the the shipwrecks start coming back up to the surface, which was cool. That was actually one of my favorite visuals of it. There, kind of at the opening, uh, scene as Ariel and Flounder are swimming into like this like ship graveyard uh, kind of thing. I thought that that looked really neat. And then you know she kind of churns that back up here at the end, and you know Ariel <laughs> you know, uh, takes the wheel of one of these giant ships and, and impales uh, dear Aunt Ursula, and uh, thus ending her. Is able to go down and uh, get the tridents, and uh, King Triton is brought back. You know, with the with the power of of I don't know magic um, and love and uh, trident powers and things like that. So uh, he's back. So everything everything is a okay uh, here, and you know, King Triton says uh, okay daughter i'm i'm sorry i didn't listen to you uh you need to go and be your own person which which is really kind of the moral here of this story i don't know if it's the moral necessarily of the animated film <laughs> necessarily um which is one of my uh things that i don't i don't love about the the animated film but this film does a much better job of you know kind of highlighting you know the importance for you know being yourself and being able to make your own decisions and uh things like that and it really kind of highlights that here as king triton you know sees her and sees how sad she is uh should have seen how sad michaela was then as he is able to let his his little baby girl go and gives her her legs back you know there was not a dry eye in the house uh for sure as your eyes were dry my eyes everyone's eyes were dry except for michaela's (laughs) maybe he was he was underwater, so you can't see a, mer- a mermaid can't cry. That's uh that's a quote they put up from Hans Christian Anderson, which is very, uh, very sweet. Um, so so yeah, King Triton gives her uh gives her what she wants. He gives her the ability to make her own decisions and live her own life, and that's what she's going to do. Legs are back, voice is back. Ariel's back, yeah. baby. Ariel's
1: back. Ariel Ariel the human is back. Um and they they have a really beautiful send off again they don't end with a wedding um i kind of like that um i i also kind of didn't i don't know how to really explain it because i want the you know they're gonna get married they're like she's got a ring they're they're engaged uh but they're gonna go sail the world for a little bit first which is probably a good idea (laughs) go live a little bit uh before you lock it down i don't know um but uh yeah, I the end was I mean, of course, it, it's a it's at the end of the day, it's a dad and a daughter, and I have a dad and I'm a daughter, and it's it was very emotional. Um, I did like how they tried to kind of bring both worlds together on this shore. Um mm-hmm in a different way uh, than they had in the past. Uh, again, I think the strongest parts of this film are, th- are decisions that they made that were not exactly the same as the original. Um, I It's hard. I, I think it was very brave for them to do certain things differently. And I loved this piece um, because all of the sisters are there and they're all on like rocks. And then there's like a little Merkid mer- and a bunch of Mermen. And they're just all there. And they're like, hey, we love both of you. And... We're, you know, we we accept both of you and we're gonna try and uh, learn more about each other and like our cultures. And it was just really what you would expect in like a like a multicultural kind of wedding kind of thing. It was really cool. I liked that. Um, mm-hmm. Very different than the original where it's just Triton and, and some of the people in the ocean saying, hey, we love you and I forgive you for wanting to be a human. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was a much bolder choice. Um, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. They definitely they definitely used the the kind of extra length of storytelling and, you know, the the ability to uh play on some more nuance and stuff in a live action uh version versus the, you know, the the cartoon the uh animated uh film and I th- I thought that that was was very welcome. You know, whether you think that something needs a live action remake or not, if you're going to do it, then I I feel like this is this is how you do it, right? You you yeah. don't necessarily like expand on the story, but you definitely kind of expand on the themes of the story um and and make those make more sense and i think that they did that really really well yeah. actually um mm-hmm. uh, so, so that's kind of it obviously you know ariel and eric go off they're going to sail out to the uh, uncharted uh territories there on the maps maybe maybe learn some some new things about uh, more cultures and stuff like that and that's that's pretty fun i think so uh that is the little mermaid uh in a nutshell one of one of the things that I really liked about this uh, here and was was kind of surprising. um, I knew that the the voice acting was going to be good. You know, Disney always does really good uh, job with the voice acting. We'll talk about that a little bit more here in a second. But I thought that all of the the human character uh, actors, were excellent i thought uh Halle bailey was excellent i thought uh, uh jonah howard king who played eric i thought that he was really good um Lisa mccarthy i mentioned was good javier bardem of, of course is good he's he's good in all, in all the things i thought um uh Noma dumazweni who played the queen i thought that she was really good and i loved art malik as grimsby i really yeah. liked the character uh grimsby the way he portrayed him in this
1: yeah for sure um i definitely wish we had seen more queen selena um that character was brand new to me. Uh, I don't know if they were in um, the Broadway production or not, but I really love that piece. Because again, it gives more, um, it, it added more just color and, and life to Eric as a human. And then his, whole, you know, you learn more about what he was like, right? He was, and, and his whole family i i just thought that that was really great and she's amazing i need to see more of stuff that she's in um and i can't wait um i can't wait to dive in to that because she was awesome i never i don't think i'd ever seen she's won a laurence olivier award for best actress in a supporting role in a west end run of harry potter and the cursed child so she's a major broadway star that's awesome
0: see well there you go there you go um yeah uh so i i thought that the acting was really good and um i thought that the visual effects were really good um it's it's interesting i guess to compare it to, um you brought up you know kind of avatar so we'd seen like this underwater world uh recently and uh you know this one this one is more rooted in reality, you know, versus the Avatar one, you know, which is all just kind of kind of made up, made up creatures and made up fauna mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. So I thought that they did a, a really good um job. I kind of, you know, hinted at it that it wasn't like super like hyper realistic, um, but it was it was realistic enough and still felt kind of Like like this world that could exist where there's you know a talking fish and a talking crab and you know this bird that dives down and underwater and talks to them and there are mermaids and uh, things like that. So I I really like kind of the design of it. And then obviously the above water stuff, which um, I think you told me earlier, Michaela was filmed largely in Italy, was very lovely. Uh, seemed like it seemed like a good place to go and have your castle if you want to want to have a castle. Go go check that out. So I I don't know. This this was this was a lot of fun. I mean, it's not like it wasn't like, you know, mind blowing cinema by any, by any instance. But, you know, like I said, if you're going to do a live action remake of, you know, this animated uh, film, you know, ex- expand on it. And and that's what they did. And, and I had a lot of fun with this last night, Michaela.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it really did. Uh, it paid great homage to the original. Um, the story itself is kind of timeless. I mean, it's been around for a couple hundred years. And I thought that, um, this is great. My son really enjoyed it. Um, it, it was a little long for him. Um, but I, I I, really am glad that they made the choices that they made um, in adding the length of time and the choices that they made to pay attention to. Um, mm. uh, because I think that that made just a better, richer, more well rounded story. Um, so, I, I mean, I get why they made it, but it was a little long for the for the young kids. But mm. Um, But I really liked it. I thought it was really a good balance of being nostalgic and being fun for uh, people who had never seen anything like it before. Um, And look, there there were kids that we heard um, sing the songs. Right. I mean, this Mm -hmm. is really special. And I really like the fact that we had um, so many kind of different takes on characters, um, you know, we hurt nothing. Uh, we hurt no one by making sure that every, you know, everybody's represented, um, in these stories for children. Um, we're not hurting anybody. So let's, let's calm down and enjoy (laughs) it because it's worth, it's, it's enjoyable. If you just let yourself, I think that every, everybody can get something positive out of this film. It's really, it's, it's really special. And it was done. Um, it was really well done. I was, Very hesitant, to be honest. We had talked about this um, and it's and it's hard because as we are we like films and we're critiquers of films. So it was like I this I really hope that they do this well, because um, it's gotten a lot of slack already um, by by the haters in the world. And so I wanted I so badly wanted them to be proved wrong and they're proved wrong. And I like that (laughs) Um, it has our (laughs) for whatever it's worth. It has the drink, the movie seal of approval. So there you go.
0: That's right, absolutely. Um A uh, quick note here. Um I said that there were some indirect ties to the stage musicals. So there are a couple of new songs in this version um that Lin Manuel Miranda wrote, and there are actually a couple of reprises that he wrote as well. And the reprises I really liked a lot. Uh the new songs, eh, take them or leave them. Um, but they are actually there are additional songs in the in the Broadway musical, um, because you can't have a Broadway musical that's an hour and 20 minutes. So they definitely had to had to lengthen that out. So there are some different different songs there in the in the place where these new uh, additional songs are so if you're if you're wondering why like the pacing of that i think that they were kind of pulling that more directly from you know this live action uh stage musical uh there on that note so um and then uh one last thing I just had to say before we we hop out of here. David Diggs as uh, Sebastian is amazing. Uh, he was hilarious throughout the thing. I really liked the little crab design and how they made him walk sideways because that's how crabs walk. Um, and um, I thought that that was, that was really fun. And he, he was excellent. And, you know, obviously his uh, musical stylings there coming off of uh, Hamilton were were really great for Sebastian's songs, too. So uh, that is The Little Mermaid live action remake from 2023 Michaela. It was a, is a beloved classic for a lot of people. And now maybe it'll be, this will be a beloved classic for people. We talked to some people coming out of the theater last night who uh, said they absolutely loved it. They're getting, you know, their big kind of group picture, uh, you took of them in front of the, in front of the poster. And you said that our theater wasn't full by the time the movie started, because people know now that there's like 50 minutes of, uh, previews. Cause you have to see a 10 minute flash preview for everything for some reason. But, uh, it filled in. It was about two thirds full, and I have to say, when it ended, there was there was a round of applause, which is something I don't quite understand because it's a, it's a movie. There aren't people here listening to the applause, but I haven't heard applause at at the theater for a long time, and we've you know we've seen all the blockbuster things that have been coming out. So,
1: yeah, yeah, no, it was uh, it was definitely a really cool moment. Um... Because I think you're right. I I it might have been Return of the Jedi, like uh in two thousand early two thousands, late nineties, when the last time I heard like a round of applause at the end of a film. It might have been that long. Anyway, um, really good. Really, really worth your time. If you've not seen it, uh, we spoiled it for you. Um, and we're not sorry because we gave you a warning. If you um have seen it, please uh we'd love to know what your thoughts on it are.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Let us know your thoughts on the movie. Let us know if you make up a poor, unfortunate soul cocktail and send us pictures, all that, all that feedback, you can do it on our social media. So it's at drink the movies on Instagram and Twitter and facebook.com slash drink the movies. If you want to see the pictures of the one that Michaela made for us, um, you know, the written recipe episode recaps, all that good stuff. You can do that on our website, which is www.drinkthemovies.com. Uh, you can see all that stuff there. There's a link there to our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash drink the movies for extra bonus content. We just had our Andor episode, uh, go up just a couple weeks ago which is a lot of fun to do that and you know get some extra bonus stuff uh, going here and there on there it's a great way to support the podcast we support or we appreciate everyone uh, who has done that and we appreciate everyone who has taken the time to uh, subscribe to the podcast and give us review uh, Michaela where can people do that
1: you can find us on Apple Podcasts Spotify Stitcher Good Pods Near Pods, wherever Spotify podcasts are distributed if you're liking what you're hearing Please subscribe. Uh, it really helps us get the drink the movies out there. Leave five-star reviews everywhere you can. Tell your friends. Um, yeah, whatever you're listening to on right now, just press the subscribe button. We do two drops a week. We really love uh the community that we're building. I cannot believe that we get to do this uh every every week. It's it's such an it's such an honor. It's such an honor to do it with, with you, Brian. So um yeah, it really helps us get more drink the movie stuff out there
0: yeah absolutely absolutely so uh, why don't we do this Michaela let's uh, let's mix up another poor unfortunate soul let's let's have one of those we've been on a long journey from the bottom of the ocean to the top of this castle back again we found True. love we've we've given up our our gifts and the pursuit of you know finding our own our own happiness our own way of life so why don't we why don't we do that let's make us up another cocktail we will be back next week to talk about spider-man across the spider-verse so look forward to that and uh, thank you so much for joining us we'll see everyone next time on Drink, Drink
1: the movies. movies.
0: <laughs> I was right about the dingo hopper, wasn't I? Wasn't I?
1: <laughs> you were, Scuttle. You absolutely were.